right, yo. <laughs> yo, what's good? What's really good on this magnificent Saturday? <laughs> so what's up? I'm Ollie. I'm Lisa. Yeah, what's good? And this is... Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. <laughs> it's a new podcast that we're starting. Mm-hmm. Live from Brooklyn, New York. Live from Brooklyn. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we got sound and production in here. Thank you very much. Respect mm-hmm. the respect the art, respect the artists. Speaking of artists, we got Dead Wolf doing the theme for us. Shout out to him. Thank Shout you very much. He You're... turned it up so quick. Very much, right? Mm-hmm. I think like he gave us a quick t- t- like 24 hours and he was like, yo fam. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my guy. And that was that. <laughs> <laughs> so shouts out to Deadpool. So thank you for your love. Is a, um, it's going to be an extension of a lot of Lise and I's conversations that we have um, pretty much daily. Mm-hmm. We, we, we wanted to kind of take the mediums that we've been loving, um, like shows like The Read, if you can't tell from the opening. Um, some shows that Lise t- takes in, like... Um, um, shout out to <laughs> early shouts out and name drops. Shout out to Seek Treatment, Lost Culture Says. Um, yeah, I don't know, more like conversational podcasts. I'm a podcast addict. I listen to so many. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's easy to kind of put on conversations and, and let them flow throughout the day because for me, it always feels as if you're having another conversation with another person. Mm-hmm. Like they're bringing you into their their talks and you just kind of sit there like, I think I have a point, but he's expressing it enough and that's mm-hmm. that's good enough for me to feel a part of the conversation. I've come to a point where like I have to have constant chatter in my head or else I can't function. That makes sense. So. Yeah, it kind of helps with the with the productivity. Mm-hmm. So, Ollie, can you explain to our listeners what this podcast is about? Oh, well, we have <laughs> listeners already. Well, let me tell you what's going on here. We wanted to kind of bring our point of view um, to the table. With a lot of the podcasts that we listen to, they, they tend to be kind of um, niche, but they tend to be powerful as well. For myself, I've been um, very appreciative of a lot of different personalities coming to the table and bringing points of being black in America, um, being queer in America. I recently am exploring the realization that I may be non-binary. So there's a lot that I've been enjoying ingesting just so I can come to my own understanding. And then sometimes I have a clear understanding and want to be able to give it out there for other people so that they can also come to their understanding. So that's what I'm going to bring to the table with this, with this here podcast. <laughs> we say, what about you? <laughs> Um, yeah, so definitely, um, we are not comedians. I guess we're just narcissists who think that people want to listen to us. Good morning. I mean, like, why else? <laughs> yeah, but we're, you know, we're like regular, regular people. Um, we're not in Hollywood. <laughs> no. Um, but we're both creatives. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, I feel like there's definitely not enough Asian voices in the podcast game as well as just media in general. And I definitely yeah. wanted to add my own two cents. Um, I'm from Japan. Um, <laughs> born, not necessarily raised, because I was raised <laughs> all over the world. It's a lot to get into. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, it'll br- it'll be brought up at some other point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm cisgendered. I'm mostly heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, as I said, Asian. So 
I'm also not American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I don't hear that often um, from the media that I consume. Um, so I'm here on a temporary visa um, working towards permanent residency. Yay. But it's been a long journey. It's been almost 10 years where I've been living in the States mm-hmm. and uh, just being on all types of different visas. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll bring that up to later on. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's interesting because with certain things that you've picked up over the years, you've picked up from friends that you've known, um, tidbits of information here and there, and you've been able to, you know, become an, an authority within that in, inadvertently, just kind of like out of survival, which is also interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think the way I was raised, I've kind of been conditioned to like do everything on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, really value independence, but like with something like this, you really do need a community helping you out and learning from other people's mistakes because mm-hmm. you really don't have the luxury to make those mistakes, yeah. or else you're like either deported or just like barred from coming here for a while. So, um, but you know, I, I want to stress that, and I do this every time I talk to people about my plight, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it, it's such a Everyone is on their own journey as far as immigration goes. Like, what I did may not work out for other people. So that's kind of like a quick disclaimer mm-hmm. for every time I talk about what I've been through. Yeah. And that and that's also just, it's not one-dimensional, you know? Like, that's also another thing that I kind of, like, want to stress with everything here. We have a lot of these different issues that we go through on top of being under the 2019 umbrella that we are in. Like, with the way that... Um, certain views are being shattered and we're going to be able to be more open about certain things. Why we're seeing more systemic racism in certain other sectors while also trying to navigate being poor in Mark Zuckerberg's America. So, I mean, we have a lot to bring to the table, but hey, you know what? Hopefully everyone will be able to take away from, we, we really are passionate about the things that we discuss and always reviewing and reflecting is just something really good. It kind of, it kind of helps solidify what you've been building towards. Anyway, so if y'all are Disney heads, then up, oh, nope, no Disney heads just yet. We need to make some money. We'll be right back. Oh, do we already have sponsors? Nope, but we got sponsor music. Oh, yeah. Hey niggas, if you wanna be a part of our group on Facebook, we're gonna be promoting behind the scenes stuff. We're gonna ask you for your question. And I believe we're gonna open up a Patreon that if you donate a dollar a month, you can ask us whatever you want, whether it is um, advice on being a person of color, being a person of queer, or just trying to get by in life and you think that we may have the answer to something. For a crisp dollar, you can get a crisp answer. So send your request to thankyouforyourlovepod at gmail.com. Oh, okay, cool. I just got the signal to keep going on with the show. So now we can talk about the Diz Nerds. If you wanted to stream every Disney movie coming to the Disney movies uh, streaming platform, they confirmed. Bob Igart, CEO, said we're putting all the Disney movies on there. So it's going to basically render the old Disney vault dead and deceased. Mm -hmm. There are still some movies that are within the vault right now because the streaming platform hasn't premiered. But we do have Fantasia, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, The Jungle Book, and Aladdin still in the vault. But hey. Yeah, right? Like, why Aladdin? Okay. Yeah, it's like on its way to be released and they're just like, nah, let's just hold on to it. Mm. So then what would be the first movie that you would stream via 
the Disney Anywhere Anytime streaming service. You mean service. this Lion King available now? I don't think available on, like, the Netflix or the Hulus. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it would be movies Lion, like that. Yeah, Lion King, yeah. What if that, that would be... Is that the Renaissance? Well, hey, here's an opportunity for y'all to correct us. <laughs> We're on Twitter. Oh, my God. So just go ahead and tweet at us. Thank, thank, thank let you. Let us know if we're wrong. <laughs> let us let us know if we're wrong, and if we're and if we're we're wrong, then we might correct ourselves, or we'll just like your tweet. We'll like your tweet. <laughs> we'll acknowledge it. So, Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you had recently had the chance to watch the um, I think it's about four hours long. It's two parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both straining over the uh, two hours. Leaving Neverland. Leaving Neverland was a documentary. Um, by Mr. Dan, Dan Reed. Dan I, I Reed. Believe, yeah. Yeah. Dan Dan Reed said we're gonna talk to the victims and talk about their experience with Michael Jackson, um, and the victims were Wade Robson and James Stachuk. And the backlash from not even the backlash, the content of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll speak from the point of view of of the of my growing up, um, the black household view and the American view on it. Michael Jackson was an icon that you just could not touch, ever. And the way that he portrayed himself with beautiful music through this, through the wild 70s and 80s, and then still being able to, to kind of coast on the, his success within the 90s, it just seemed as if there was total innocence, total godlike power over music in general, and just the, the elegant essence of Michael Jackson when he performed when he was at meet and greets, were you you just can't surpass that amount of glory that he has on American culture and in and in music, not even in American culture, globally, he was globally known. So when the allegations first came up that he was participating in wild sexual abuse of minors, it just seemed to be so impenetrable to to his fans, to anyone and. These stories are so real and so rough. I guess I'm coming from a very different perspective. I didn't grow up in the States, so um, Michael did not have the level of like sacredness in my household as it did for yours, probably. Yeah. Um, like, you know, his music was beloved globally, um, especially in Japan, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, when the, fir- the allegations first started coming up, and, like, even before that, with, like, the skin bleaching and, like, all yeah. the rumors surrounding, like, just him, I was like, oh, yeah, no, there's something wrong with this dude, and, um, so, like, for a documentary like this, I've been waiting for years for something like this yeah. to come up, yeah. yeah, and I was looking forward to it very much, because I didn't, personally, don't have a lot to lose, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, I mean... He's, you know, he's great, but also like. Like he's he's a pedophile, <laughs> like straight yeah. up and down. So, I personally was not ready for the type of backlash that I saw mm. following the um, the documentary on specifically on Twitter. Like, yeah. yeah, people just straight out, you know, denying these two people's experiences and being so quick, even after watching the documentary, to say that they're lying. Yeah. Um, and to me, I mean, and, and this has been kind of the overall take for me, but the documentary to me was the first time I saw, or I, I viewed, 
um, child sexual abuse survivors, you know, and their entire experience to this much depth. Exactly. Um, and I found it to be very valuable for that reason. Um, it's not, for me, it's not necessarily about Michael Jackson. It's not necessarily about, you know, trying to taint his legacy. It's more about educating people on, um, you know, just grooming behaviors, mm -hmm. um, the nature of predators, how it, in the guise of like love and, you know, all of that. And how it affects um, victims in a way that if you've never gone through it, you will you won't really understand, uh, you know, and um, it's not in the way that you would expect. I don't know. It's like I think um, victims are really complex. They can conflate love with abuse. Um, and I don't I don't know. I just thought it was like a very, very valuable lesson for all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know. And then following that up with Oprah's interview as well. Oprah's interview. That was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. I think that was really needed to kind of, like, I know that there are so many people that are still canceling Oprah and don't believe that that she, by by her kind of fueling fire to the basically SOS distress signal on a deserted island, is is terrible. And it's like, I I don't understand why certain individuals not within not just like certain individuals like oh like this one group of people like it is it is like fans of individuals that that will stand to the point of saying this did this did not happen we're going to believe the household that that raised the celebrity to a fault mm -hmm. and you see a room of sexual assault victims and them understanding what the two victims of Michael Jackson were saying. You can see them nodding. You can see them nodding at points that we, the audience, didn't even, wouldn't have expected support right. from mm -hmm. because we just can't understand it. I think that's another thing about this documentary that I found so interesting is that it went into such great detail of the, of, of the abuse that happened and no one was expecting that. I'm not going to recount it here. Because if you're avoiding it and don't want to hear about it, I understand that. Because mm -hmm. what does happen is abnormal, and it is abhorrent, and you it's it's hard to wrap the mind around. Mm -hmm. Especially, and and that was another beautiful point is that even the victims themselves weren't able to completely wrap their mind around them being so infatuated with Michael Jackson and not calling it abuse, but then when they're raising their own children and, and actually seeing the behaviors of juveniles and mm -hmm. saying, oh my God, this doesn't make sense for a child to be presented a chance to take in whatever love and whatever grooming tactics for an adult's pleasure. That will never cross a child's mind. So why in the world would you pursue it? And then that's when they begin to review it and say, oh my God, something's bad i think they also realize like oh my god my childhood was taken away from me absolutely it it's it's really soul sobering yeah i mean it's a i'm you know like i don't know from personal experience but it seems like it's something that would affect your entire sense of identity for the rest of your life you know and then to have it tied in with global icon 
so-and-so is beloved by everyone you know, everyone that has ever been important. Like the Pope, the goddamn Pope. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they mentioned this in the documentary, but the grooming started even before they met him. Be- due to his celebrity. Yeah. And that's incredible. So like, and that's the point that I wanted to, to kind of drive home to my Twitter followers at the time. I was like, y'all would lose your mind if Beyonce looked at you. Mm-hmm. If Beyonce took you under her wing and said, bitch, we just going to breathe together. You would lose your mind. You, you would literally drop everything and said, oh my God, I'm now Beyonce's towel girl mm-hmm. and I'm never coming back. That alone should be able to translate to someone like Michael Jackson who has a hundred times the star power of anyone that's currently around. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was really hard to watch, but it was really harder to kind of see the general public's reaction to it still. Yeah. It's not all that normal to me, but at least it's causing a dialogue. Mm-hmm. We are seeing public um, radio stations taking a line in the stand, a line in the sand and pulling his music. Simpsons pulled um, their episode with him. Mm-hmm. Um, the reckoning's coming. Yeah. It, it's coming. I'm surprised that a lot of people still aren't even speaking on this. But... It's going to take some time. I mean, yeah. just like um, one of the victims had saw each other on the TV screen, and, they were, and something clicked, they were like, oh... One person's coming out. I may now have my opportunity to come out. Mm-hmm. So to kind of pair along with that, um, presenting the other side, because I'm kind of finding myself presented with, with a new way of thinking because I've yet to see this type of approach to somebody speaking out against a band member or a musician celebrity in this sense. Um, there's a band called Tiny Moving Parts, and one of the members, Dylan, um, was recently accused of sexual assault and he had penned a very sincere or at least sincere presenting to myself um of his actions and approach to trying to bring solvents to what he had done to this one victim um for to pull an excerpt out of here um he said i sincerely apologize to this person who had who was harmed by my actions i value this person's privacy and want to do all that i can to respect them while validating their experience however they allow me to it was never my intention to violate anyone or make them feel unsafe since this happened i had learned a lot about the difference between expression and implied consent and now recognize how some of my behavior could have been harmful also for the sake of transparency i want to share with you the steps that have been taken in the last week When the actions were brought to my attention, I looked into the best way to get in touch with this person and provide them a space to safely share their story while remaining, while retaining privacy and confidentiality. I reached out to the professional mediator who had experience with sexual assault survivors and restorative justice, and they agreed to get involved. I'm going to paraphrase the rest. Um, The victim said that she did not want to participate. Dylan had said, all right, that's no problem. Um, I under, not no problem, but I understand. Um, please donate to these following things, uh, Peace Over Violence and also RAIN organization. And he said, thank you for reading this. He's going to continue th- therapy. Um, marginalized voices need to be spoken out more. What I don't know how to feel about this. Mm-hmm. This is completely new because I think what has been inculcated within um, 
the be aware community is the victims speak out, listen to, to the victims, empathize with the victims. The, per- the, the person accused takes responsibility, mm-hmm. says that I can do better. I try to provide them a space to, to be able to um, tell me what happened. And is that still okay? Like, is, is that... Is this how we begin to inculcate these people back into society? Is it a cold heart shun? I it, this is also one of my favorite bands, mm-hmm. so like I can't now excuse this. Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a good point. Like for me personally, I would need to see like significance uh, significant effort uh, that the person is, you know, trying to do better, um, and is putting in the work to restore that you know justice um whether that's in comes in the form of like a very very sincere ios press release (laughs) um you know like repeated apologies like genuine apologies like saying it once is just not enough like you have to keep apologizing you have to keep reminding people that you want to do better Mm-hmm. Um, like Kevin Hart, you do. I already apologize. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> shit, like, you're right. And he was like, I don't even want to talk about it. So he doesn't even want this. The open dialogue. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think that needs to be in place, and then also proof, you know, like receipts that you are trying to make it right. So, you know, this guy is saying like, donate to Rain and donate to all these causes. I hope he is doing that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I think this could easily kind of come across as like, you know, just PR. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Like, we'll see. That's the thing. Like, so luckily within the pop punk community, um, we had um, Sharon Allen, founder of Punk Talks, that had really stepped up to the plate to try and help as many people as they can, whether it is... Um, help with affordable therapy um, through their company, whether it's um, providing comp- uh, therapy to victims, whether it's um, like they were one of the individuals to work alongside another band, uh, Pine Groves, when the lead singer, Evan, was like, I think I'm, I've done this in the past, so like, can we work to see if I cannot do it? And there was backlash, but I think she's doing, they're, they're, they're doing low-key the lord's work Mm -hmm. but is it ever enough is the real question that's a good question i mean depends like you know one example i i guess that i saw um online was aziz ansari's um apology and i don't remember what form it came in whether it was on stage or if it was just on his twitter i can't Mm -hmm. remember but you know, basically, he issued, like, a seemingly heartfelt apology and a promise to do better and to grow and to take this time to reflect and all that. Um, and, you know, he was out of the public eye for, what, like a year or so, yeah. you know? Um, and I saw that a lot of people... It, it had, like, a generally pretty good reception by people, by, mm-hmm. you know, women. Um, the general public. Of who was it, who would have been affected yeah, by it? Yeah, yeah, they're like... You know, that's that's great that, you know, he's um, putting in the effort. Yeah, he's he's doing more than, like, other comedians yeah. that have been guilty yeah. of this and actually owning up and saying, like, I am problematic. Yeah. I need to do better. But the fact that, like, we 
you know, victims. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have to um, <laughs> bear the burden as men grow to do better is yeah. still incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. I viewed his apology as like, all right, I mean, it's better than nothing, but still, in my opinion, bare minimum. Yep. And you still need to do the work to show us that, you know, yeah. you're doing better. And I need more than that to keep supporting you. So that was it for me. But then, like, you know, you have someone like Louis C.K. who truly didn't seem that apologetic. No, and literally just like, mm. he's like, I'm sorry you felt that way. Like, that was his whole vibe. Yeah. Um, and then he, you know, went on to, almost, no, not immediately, but almost immediately go back to his stand-up. Yeah, like nothing know. happened. Yeah. Um, and it's, whatever. I mean, it, you know. I mean, he has his money. I really do kind of hope he fucks off. Like, <laughs> I found him to be extremely funny, but it's like, meh. So, long story short, men, do better without hurting people. Mm-hmm. Fuck. We'll be back. <laughs> so, if you have any questions for the pod that you want to have answered to us, you can send it to us by way of email at thank you for the number, your love pod, at gmail.com. We stole this one. Girlfriend. 23 of six years just revealed to me 22 male that she had faked around 99% of her orgasms throughout the entirety of our relationship she said that she did it because she didn't want to kill the mood and that it's actually really difficult to make her climax I was floored I thought we had a (laughs) damn I thought we had amazing sex and that she was satisfied. But all of her cues instead of being theater. She has emotional problems, anxiety, and a self-described people pleaser. To the point at which she feels as though she acts as a doormat in her interactions with others. I am devastated to hear this. I feel like thousands of her lies have seriously undermined our trust. And I have lost all of my sexual confidence. Sex now sounds so daunting. Because I apparently don't know the first thing about how to please her. How can we recover from this? How can I not feel inadequate forever? We're still in love. And she told me that she did it not to upset me and kept the lie going for six whole years. F-M-L. I want to drag him, mm-hmm. but I want to help teach him. <laughs> because I think this all comes from him not being able to put himself in her shoes. Mm-hmm. What do you think, though? Kiki and for the entire race. This is so funny. Um, I mean, it's sad, but it's funny to me that when he said I was floored, like he's never experienced this before, right? Yeah. Well, it's been six years, so like they're okay. So it's been six years, and they're in their early Mm twenties. So like this conversation was definitely bound to come into play sooner or later. Yeah. Thank God it came now. Yeah, I mean, listen, like they're both at fault, right? Like Mm. the girl should have spoken up you know maybe a little bit earlier and then he should have been paying attention to her more (coughs) making sure that she's comfortable and she's happy yeah that's it's on both of them it is i mean like but which is interesting because it just like the age makes sense Mm -hmm. like you had you're with someone for so long and like you're coming into your own and you really don't know how to talk to yourself just yet Mm -hmm. so that comes from like I don't say that comes from faking it, but it comes from at least not communicating to him that she wants it done this way or that, like, 
this is how my body works. I'm not going to do the climax with you, but please let be rest assured that, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, if they still want to be together and he actually does love her, I think he should support her as she goes to seek help. I think, you know, highly recommend therapy for this because I think Mm -hmm. the whole, like, having to fake (laughs) that you're happy yeah, and her describing herself as a people pleaser, that comes from... A lot of self-hatred and, and oh, feeling yeah. like you don't deserve certain things for yourself. So definitely she should seek help that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of it is on him. He should have checked in with her. Which is very true as well. Because like, like, he's like, I was floored when I learned a thing about my mate. It's like, nigga, it's been six years. Yeah. Like, how has this been going on for like six, six years? Mm-hmm. Which like, I can see because like, it's just his neglect. Yeah. It's, it's just neglect on a lot of other sides, but, like, you, me- people, friends, mm-hmm. country people, take a look at the person in front of you and say, yo, how's it been? Are you okay? Like, with everything? Is there anything that, like, might make you uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah. Sit your partner down and say, is there anything that makes you uncomfortable that you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. I, didn't, <laughs> I, I really didn't like the fact that he sort of painted himself as a victim at the end of this question oh yeah of course no it's, it's like okay dude like <laughs> which like I, I know it's hard to like just be like that but you know if you're that vulnerable with someone then take another opportunity to be even that more vulnerable because then you get to be vulnerable with yourself grow comfortable with mm-hmm. with a- approaching yourself but also figuring out if the person that you are sharing this with is going to be able to to handle you that vulnerable mm-hmm. and whether they're able to become that vulnerable themselves because it's a two-way street sadly yeah yeah so all right mm-hmm. that was good good job baby <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that the children approved too <laughs> thank you for your love for the children that's all that matters that's all that matters mm-hmm. okay so now our last segment <laughs> um we're kind of testing this out but um i don't know what to call it yet this is tbd as far as title goes but um, it's a segment where we're just kind of, you know, reflect on the week and give either a shout out, you know, either stand for something or we drag something. Stand or drag. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this. So I, I can start. Or Hello, do you please. Start? Oh, okay. it's going to take me a second. Okay. <laughs> I have some things prepared. So I want to do both. I want to do a stand and a drag. So I'm going to okay. start with a drag. Yeah. Um, so this week, I had this week off kind of ish in a way yeah. <laughs> so senior week mm-hmm. so i don't know but i didn't have i generally when i'm walking around new york city i have my headphones on mm-hmm. i have podcasts on mm-hmm. or music or something um but i just didn't this week i was like oh let me try this where i don't i where i pay i pay attention to the world oh, and not just you know she's bringing the world in for mm-hmm. a change yeah let me do this she's like let me hear my yeah, city and then work. i i kind of immediately regretted it because <laughs> So in in one week, and listen, a lot of people are going to be familiar with this. This is not surprising. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, okay, so I went to the supermarket. Dude comes up to me, never seen him before. Uh And he, you know, just starts talking to me in a very, like, conversational way. Okay. Like, oh, you know, the prices here are outrageous. You know, like, and then he just kept following me throughout the supermarket to, like, tell me about how expensive it is here. And listen, I agree. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, all right, but also leave me alone. Yeah. 
but I didn't want to make it mad because, as we know, we don't want to put ourselves in danger like that. So I was just like, yeah, and just kind of like nodding and agreeing, but also like scurrying off to make sure that he knows that I'm not interested in this, (laughs) engaging into this conversation. And then he also kept mentioning like, Chinatown is so much cheaper, right? You would know, right? And it was just like, okay, you know, and this other gentleman, I he was Latinx, mm-hmm. you know, and he's definitely not Asian. Um, And I wonder if he picked me out because I'm Asian or do I look like I'm approachable also? Because I really try to put <laughs> off the <laughs> energy that I'm not. <laughs> no, I can see that. I don't I know. think like I caught you like, okay, so like there will be sometimes in which me and Lisa will come home like pretty close in proximity and like I'll just run into her at Sea Town. And I was like, oh, and like when she turns around as initially she's like, no, oh, oh my nigga. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so that was the first interaction where yeah. completely unwarranted. Mm-hmm. Do not talk to me. Please. Um, and then, okay, so this happened yesterday. I was walking home um, and then this guy comes up to me. He, he was black. Um, mm-hmm. Never seen him before. Just in the neighborhood and he came up to me and he went all like ni hao which is mm. hello in mandarin mm-hmm. i believe yeah. yeah um and i was like oh because <laughs> i used to get this all the time when i lived in rhode island yikes yeah something about rhode island yeah i um, mean like that that person like i will say so so when you told me about it i was about like mm-hmm. 10 minutes away from home yeah i actually did see him yelling some more yeah like he was I- the, the white jacket yeah. yeah yeah so like because when i got off the train like i was low-key like liam nielsen i was like yo oh. where like <laughs> over and then i saw him just standing and just screaming at random people i was like uh, okay. oh okay. i mean no better because it was yeah. targeted still regardless yeah so maybe it was truly a mental thing sadly yeah. but not in rhode island uh, not all i mean they're all disturbed up there but mm-hmm. not in that way mm-hmm. yeah so then again he kept following me and kept saying the same thing mm-hmm and yeah and and the thing is like i was like what do you even do in that situation because again you don't want to endanger yourself the tall uh, black man mm-hmm. with the big ass beard mm-hmm. doesn't have an answer for that because <laughs> most people like to leave me alone that's the only black privilege <laughs> that i have sadly so i don't i sadly don't know mm-hmm. um i mean obviously this is a lot of problems like it's 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 racism it's sexism it's misogyny everything right but it kind of got me thinking about just in general aside from catcalling because that's a whole different issue that maybe we'll talk later Mm -hmm. um but just like the immediate othering that you know most specifically asian people southeast asian east asian whatever like i think as a as a whole we probably experience this consistently as Mm -hmm. people just assuming that either you don't speak english or i don't know they they treat you like you're brand new for whatever reason Mm. um and you know that's always really frustrating one thing that i get all the time is people telling me like oh my god your english is so good and (laughs) it's interesting because a lot of people don't see that as problematic yeah and you know and for someone like me who grew up outside of the states Mm -hmm. People are like, oh my god, you know. Of course. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's it's pretty interesting to me because it's like, oh, you don't have any clue about colonialism, or yeah, I don't know. But I was, you know, I'm 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 always trying to think of a good comeback, I guess, or mm-hmm. a response to microaggressions like that. 
So naturally, I looked to Twitter. So I found one that I really want to share. So this is from someone named Tini, T-I-N-I, 21. Um, and this is in response to Johnny's son, uh, J-O-N-N-Y-S-U-N. Um, he, his initial tweet was, The true Asian American experience is learning to jump in at the start of every interaction with a stranger with a precisely rehearsed aloofness, an impeccably casual, hey, how's it going, to break their immediate assumption that you don't speak English. So that was brilliant. Um, Still a great story. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so the Tinny 21, she said, 21. 21. <laughs> you can't not. <laughs> they said, uh, once at a grocery store, minding my business, I was picking out dragon fruits. A 50-year-old white lady hard U-turned from her path and started talking to me. I was, mm-hmm. Then she's all, do you speak English? I've, I've about had it. Looked at her straight in the eyes and said, I don't talk to strangers. So I, I love that response. Absolutely. Um, I think I'm going to start implementing it in my life. You absolutely should. <laughs> Um, yeah, and that's really what I wanted to share today for the drag. All right, all right. <laughs> you have a stand? Yay. Um, so, yeah, so I don't, Ooh. I don't know. I was like, just shout out to, like, friendship. Okay, <laughs> good morning. Shout out to friendship, everyone. Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking the other day of how difficult it is to make genuine friends at work. Huh. Um, you know, especially as a person of color, you have to be kind of careful. You know, mm. I think... I personally constantly struggle with, like, not oversharing certain things so that other people don't feel alienated, other people, specifically white people. Um, But also, like, seeming approachable and friendly and all that to the, whatever, um, networking purposes, etc. But then it is nice sometimes when you immediately hit it off with someone without even trying, without even, like, having to, like, censor yourself or do all of that tap Mm -hmm. dancing. Mm -hmm. um, And for that friendship to carry on beyond that workplace. Like, that is pretty rare to me. Yeah. I'm always amazed when it does happen. So I guess like my previous workplaces, I've been able to um, connect with one person in particular per each workplace Mm -hmm. and for that friendship to continue and for them to support me continuously and have my back even without that context of working the same place, um, I think is amazing. And something I truly didn't expect, um, you know, because New York City is... Just no, no. Act. This town—it's just <laughs> full of just snakes and shade. And basically, so yeah. No, I just wanted to give a shout out to my friends, basically, because I think they deserve it. <laughs> Absolutely, nice baby. Yeah. If you have any inquiries or if you want to submit questions to us, please send them over to thank you the number four your love pod at gmail.com. Shout out to Dead Wolf. Uh, shouts out to friends. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to um, mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, you got anything more to, more to say? All right. Well, y'all, please take care of you because you're the only you that you got. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. I love you. I love you. And um, mm-hmm. we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.